Jesus. Easter means to me is about finding eggs and Jesus waking up. For me, Easter means um, God dying on the cross for us. And forgiving us sin. Hi, my name is Max. One go. Hi, my name is Max. Um, happy Easter to everybody. To me, Easter is a reminder that Jesus rose from the dead because he died on the cross for all our sins. Easter is a time to remember Jesus and all the beautiful things he did for us. To me, Easter is a time to celebrate Jesus Christ's resurrection and to remember his wonderful, miraculous Miracles. So what happened on Easter? What happened on Easter is Jesus rose from the cross. He saved all of us from disobeying and lying. It just means really much about us, to us. And it's really more about God instead of, and Jesus, um, instead of the Easter Bunny. It's just about God and Jesus. And what it means to me is that I love finding Easter eggs and getting candy and learning out the church and coloring on boards, but the most important thing is about learning about the lesson. And forgiving that sin. Good morning. We are Bill and Kelly Ballmer from the Desert Cities Church of Christ. I want to welcome you to our Easter service here online. I have a quick verse I want to share with you guys. It's out of 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3. And it reads, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love the scripture because of its focus on hope. And in a world where there's so much despair and so much grief right now, we could all use a little hope in our lives. I know I'm personally so grateful for the hope that I have because of the resurrection of Jesus. And we want you to have that hope in your life as well. If you check the links below for our social media sites, you can find ways to engage with us throughout the week and receive encouragement and hope. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear your specific prayer requests. Today we get to hear from Scott Sweeney as he preaches about Mary Magdalene in our rescue series. Um, Stay tuned. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.
Good morning, and welcome to the Resurrection Sunday service of the Desert Cities Church of Christ. We're so grateful to have you here, our, our members, our friends, and those who may be watching online from around the country. It's great to have you. As you may notice, we are not at the Coachella Valley Rescue Mission. A couple of years ago, the, the mission heard about us through Hope Worldwide, our amazing benevolent arm of the International Churches of Christ. We got together and started serving over there and got to know what was going on and really enjoy, have enjoyed our relationship with them. So today we were going to meet there and celebrate together with those that they are trying to get back on their feet of the homeless population. Now is the time where I pray that you remember them and other worthy organizations like Martha's Village, Galilee Center, the Narrow Door, and so many others that need us more than ever during this time. What an amazing way we got to start the service today to hear from our kids and hear and see their joy of the resurrection of Christ and their innocence and their purity and their faith. Truly, they are blessed to grow up in the church and we are blessed to have them and to be able to learn from them. Who knew this Easter we would be in the middle of a world pandemic? A time where we watch the news and we hear tragedy after tragedy and people getting sick with the coronavirus all over the world. People that are losing parents, grandparents, and loved ones. It is truly a tragic and heartbreaking time. I believe now more than ever that God has a message for us, that he loves us, that he loves me, and he loves you. I pray that you will connect with his love during this time, that you won't see all the bad news, that you will see God reaching out to us. He is changing us. He is reaching us. He is drawing us to him like never before. We've also seen some amazing bright lights. I've heard stories of those in Italy out on their balconies serenading one another and just connecting through song. We heard at the International Campus Devotional of the crazy New Yorkers on their balconies yelling shouts of praise to the healthcare workers at 7 p.m. When, the, when their shift changed. And they started doing it every day afterwards. We do want to give an amazing shout out to our healthcare workers and also our essential workers. Where would we be without those in the grocery store, without the gas station attendants, without the mail carriers, and surely without the cable providers? What would we do without Internet during quarantine? Truly, we are grateful to connect with each other in amazing and unique ways. From our campus students to our teenagers to our single professionals, they're meeting with others all around the world. Ministers and non-ministers are praying together and crying out to God and praying that he will save us and help our world during this time. And I believe that God is moving. We want to thank our amazing AV team, Josh and Augie and Bessie and Jake, who have been called to action like never before to help us even bring out the message to be able to reach you today online. Thank you, and to so many like you. 
all of our, our amazing small group leaders who really have become little church leaders, taking care of the flock that God has entrusted them with. We're grateful for Disciples Today and ICOC Hot News that connects us, that gives us a place to fellowship, a place to connect, and a place to hear stories from around the world so that we know we are not alone, that God is with us during this time. Whether you're outside like me or inside, whether you're alone or whether you're together with family, today truly is a day to celebrate and rejoice at what God has done. Pray with me as we get started. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you that you are reaching out to us. Thank you for all the good news amongst the tragedy. And we pray that you help our world in a special way. I pray that in the next few minutes that you open up our hearts and you open up your word. And you help us to know the power of your love and the way that you're reaching out to each one of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me, and you will, if you will, or just look on your screen at John 20 in verse 1. As we continue our Rescue Story series, today we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene, the redeemed. Let's read together in verse 1 of John 20. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Mary went to a place very similar to where I am today, a cave very similar in size and look to the one right here in front of you. The only problem was the stone that she saw placed in front of the tomb wasn't there. And she was shocked and she was alarmed. When I think of Mary at this time, it reminds me of her history in that past week with Jesus. She came down with the disciples from Galilee as Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. She was there during the triumphal entry as people laid down palm fronds thinking that the time has come for the King of Israel to redeem us from these awful Romans. She may have heard of Jesus going into the temple and overturning the tables and his indignance that they had created a place of de a den of robbers where God wanted it to be a house of prayer for all peoples. Jesus, she saw him arrested. She saw him taken captive and Barabbas released. She saw him scourged and walked up to Golgotha, the place of the skull. She saw him crucified and watched him slowly die and finally be pierced with a spear. And like I mentioned, she followed him to a, to a tomb similar to the cave where I am today. The title today, Redeemed, it's a powerful study in the Bible, that word. It means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. To gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. In Exodus chapter 6 and verse 6, God was saving his people from Egypt. 
and he was calling them out of slavery. It says he heard their cries of 400 years of oppression. And these are his words in verse 6 of Exodus 6. I will free you from being slaves to them, the Egyptians. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. That God showed them how much he loved them by saving his people. By gaining them back, they were lost as a nation, and now he would bring them back. The payment or ransom for this exodus was the blood of an unblemished lamb placed on their doorframes. That this life blood set them free. He punished their enemies, and with an outstretched arm, the firstborn of all Egypt were stricken down. He paid their ransom. He led them through the Red Sea and he destroyed their enemies. Truly, he redeemed Israel. Soon after, he gave them the law and he taught them that every year to sacrifice again an unblemished lamb for the forgiveness of sins. And this would remind them of their exodus, remind them of their amazing God, and remind them of the redemption that he provides for them. And thousands of years later, Mary had witnessed Jesus as the perfect lamb, the perfect Passover lamb that was sacrificed, that he paid our ransom. He paid for us to be redeemed. He destroyed death, the, our enemy. And he made a way back for us to be redeemed. Let's turn back to Mary. Think back to Mary. Here she was at this cave. She brought spices. She heard an earthquake and saw an angel. She was startled. In this past week, we've had many earthquakes here in Southern California. And we've been startled and rattled and frightened and wondering, when is the big one going to come? God got her attention, but not only with an earthquake, but to look up and see an angel that was bright as lightning, and his clothes were like snow. My first idea as we think about Mary is that Mary was redeemed to freedom. She was redeemed to freedom. In the New Testament, she was known as the one whom Jesus died for, amen, but also drove out seven demons. How would you like to have that as on your resume? I, I don't think I'd go for that. Here's Mary. She had seven demons and Jesus set her free. And yet, because of her new life and this resurrection power, these demons became a badge of honor to Mary. No longer was it an insult, but it was a reminder of the blessing that she had been had received from Jesus. Can you imagine being possessed by seven demons? The pain and isolation that she must have felt. The hopelessness to be separated from her family and others around her. She was isolated. Powerlessness. 
to feel like I can't do anything, to feel guilty, to feel like maybe this is my fault, to feel ashamed. Did Mary cry out? Was she violent? Did she curse when Jesus approached her? Jesus wasn't there to insult her. She didn't find her to make her feel shame, but to help her to find freedom. To have a badge of honor. That who she was before, that was her old self, that now she'd been made anew in Christ. He's come to also set us free from our demons. From our sins of selfishness and anger. From our demons of greed and impurity. From the helplessness of immorality and drunkenness. The destruction of pride and anger. Imagine the gratitude that Mary must have felt to be set free. To be reunited with Christ. To be reunited with their families. To have a, not just her old life back, but a new life. To be accepted. To find love like she had never known. And to trust Jesus that he was there for me. That he came and found me and rescued me and redeemed me. But at the same time that Mary was there receiving this freedom, the guards saw Jesus and were frozen with fear. They ran away. They accept payment to keep Jesus down, to keep his resurrection silent. They literally saved their own lives because the penalty for his body being missing for them was their own death. Imagine them years later, the regret that they may have felt with how their lives turned out. When they thought about the emptiness that they had, when they thought about the, the sins that they were in, the demons that they couldn't escape from. And they remember the opportunity that Jesus gave them, the ransom that he paid for them. As they put him on the cross, that he prayed for them, that they would be forgiven. That they saw the love and yet they pushed it down. So many times we can see that love of Christ and spend our lives pushing it down. Avoiding the demons and sins of our lives. And yet Mary was set free. That's the heart of Christ to set us free. And let's continue reading in verse 2. It says, So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. The one whom Jesus loved was there. He said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. That she ran to meet the disciples and then the Peter and John raced to the tomb. Peter didn't believe and John did. And the story continues with Mary, her second trip to the tomb in John 20, verse 11. It says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated there where Jesus' body had been, one at the head 
the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, they sa she said, and I don't know where they have put him. That, Jesus, that Mary saw two more angels, and they asked her why she was crying. Can you imagine Mary thinking, why do you think I'm crying? Jesus was taken. They took my Lord away. I am empty. I am lost. I am in grief. I am struggling. She didn't get it. She didn't get it that Jesus had paid their ransom for her. That he paid the price so that she could be redeemed. The angels must have been sitting there wondering, why are you crying? This is great news of, of, of great joy. Jesus is alive. He destroyed death. We heard about it. We're here to proclaim it to you and to the world. Let's continue in verse 14. At this, she stood around. She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Maria. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. They met. They connected over a name, over a word. Names are powerful. Names mean something. They bring back memories. When Jesus called Maria, she was thinking of, she might have been thinking of when they first met. When he dro drove out the demons and how afraid she was at first and how relieved and free she was with Jesus. The laughter and amazement that they shared as she saw miracles, as they praised God together, as she committed herself to follow him throughout her life. Rabbani is what she said to Jesus. And imagine that it wasn't just emotions that Mary felt but emotions that Jesus felt as well. Rabboni. The memories of her praying to God and reaching out to Jesus for help. Rabboni. The connection and personal relationship that they had. Those names meant something to each of them. They were powerful. When I think of my name, Scott, it doesn't remind me of something powerful necessarily. But when I hear my dad say my name, Scott, it brings back memories and connection. I can never forget that voice. It makes me think of the times playing golf together and enjoying life together and playing games and learning how to live and watching his example. It's a connection that I share with only one person. When I hear the name Scotty, I'm not sure if I should share that with you because I might never hear the end of it. But there's a few people that call me by this name, Scotty. My mom, my sister-in-law, Renee, 
my brother-in-law Pablo, and a few others. They saw me when I was a young boy, when I was born or when I was about six years old until now. They've seen me grow up. They've been to my Little League games. They've seen my victories and defeats. They've seen me get married and have children and grow in life. And when they say the term Scotty, it reminds me of that relationship. When I hear my wife, Danielle, call my name, it makes me smile. It brings back great memories of us falling in love in New England and our life together building God's kingdom and building our family with his help. Seeing our kids born and living life with my partner, my best friend, and she is the only one that has that special relationship with me. When I hear the name Daddy, I think of my daughter Chloe. I think of not her watching me grow up, but me watching her grow up, being there from the very beginning and seeing her laugh for the first time, seeing her go to preschool and seeing her learn and grow and having our conversations and our times of connection, our times of dreaming and planning life and our prayers together and to see her come to faith. Truly a special and unique bond with that word, with that name. When I hear the name Dad, it makes me think of my son Connor. He's got some other names that he calls me that I won't share with you publicly. But all of them remind me of our special bond, of our connection with the outdoors, of our times of great adventure, of our times of wrestling and praying and laughing and loving, and the time that he made Jesus the Lord of his life and took on my faith and yours for many of you. The faith of Jesus resurrecting from the dead, it wasn't just something that he learned, but it was something that he grasped. There was a connection. Imagine Mary and Jesus, their connection that they had, that there was only shared by one person. When Jesus said, Maria, it connected with her in a special way that only Jesus could say it like that. When Mary said, Rabboni, that was a special connection that only Mary could share with Jesus. Only she could call him that in that way. Imagine if you came up to me and called me by my name and said, how's it going, Scott? I might look at you and pause. And if I don't recognize you, I might think that I just forgot because I've been known to do that at times. Maybe I forgot your name. If you came up to me and called me Scotty, I'd be wondering, where did you come up with that? How did you get that name? You weren't there from the beginning. You didn't see me grow up, but maybe you just came up with it. But you don't share that connection to be able to call me by that name. Surely you can't call me daddy or dad or even some of the other names that my son has. Because we don't have that connection. You're not my people. I love you. But there's only certain names that certain people can use. 
And when Jesus called Mary by name, she recognized him. And he recognized her. Do we recognize Jesus when he calls us today? He's calling you by name and me by name. When we're in the creation, do we just see an amazing picture? Or do we see God expressing his love and creativity to us in what he created? When he puts people into our life, do we just see them as other human beings? Or do we see them as messengers that God has put in our lives to show us and teach us about his love? When he answers our prayers, do we remember Jesus? Or do we move on to the next tragic event or the next prayer or the next crisis? When he does miracles in our lives, do we recognize Jesus? Do we stop and turn and redirect our lives toward him? When we read the word of God, do we see Jesus? Do we read it as his love letter to us? Or do we just hear a story? We just hear words that bounce off. And God reaching out to us, calling us by name, but we don't understand. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the end of times when people would come to him and call him by name. In Matthew 7, verse 22, he says, Many will come to me on that day. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. That people would come to Jesus and call him by name. And he would respond by saying, get away from me, you evil doers. I never knew you. I never knew you. It wasn't because Jesus didn't love them. It wasn't because Jesus didn't pay the ransom for them. It was because they never had a connection with Jesus. And when they came to him in the end, he did not recognize their name. Many will do this, he says. He wants a close relationship with each of us. A love relationship where we are connected. When we love Jesus, we want to please him. When we're closely connected to someone, we want to make them happy, right? When we're connected to Jesus, we want to make him happy. That's why he says, away from me, you evil doers. Because if they love Jesus, they would want to throw off the demons of their lives. They would want to throw off the sin and make him happy. They would trust him with their lives, that following Jesus is the best life. He's the one with love, the true love that I need, the acceptance that I'm looking for. He's the one that can set me free. And yet Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. That's the second point to Mary. Is she was redeemed to Jesus. She wasn't redeemed to a church. She wasn't redeemed to other people and pleasing them. 
She was redeemed to Jesus. It wasn't a moral code that she wanted to be a better person. She was redeemed to a connection and a close relationship with Jesus. Something that she would live for the rest of her life. And when she turned around, Jesus was there pursuing her as he's pursuing us today. We learn from these passages that the resurrection without a relationship will lead to a rejection by Jesus in the end. Let me say that again. If we believe in the resurrection, we believe that Jesus raised from the dead. But we don't have a close relationship, a close friendship and walk with him where he recognizes us and we recognize him. Then in the end, he will reject us because we didn't walk with him. We didn't accept the love that he gave to us. We didn't respond when he called. I pray that today that you can respond to God's calling wherever you're at, to make him your friend. Because ultimately, he's the one that's reaching out to us. He's the one that paid our ransom first so that we can come to him. My third idea for Mary is that she was redeemed to witness to the world. In verse 16, back in John 20 in verse 16, It says, she turned toward him and cried out, Rabboni. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. That Jesus gave her a message that she was going to be able to see her, her father and her Lord. As he was going back to his father and his Lord, there was a connection that they both shared. She went back with joy. I have seen the Lord. He's alive. And she told them to, that he would meet them in Galilee, like he said. And there's no record of this, but I got to believe that Mary was there in Galilee. Up on the mountain when Jesus, in Matthew 28, gives them their final charge. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And as he said those words, he rose up into the clouds. And Mary just looked at her, looked at Jesus, and was amazed and determined that someday I want to be there with Jesus. Someday I want to be reunited with my friend. And he gave them the witness to share about the freedom that they've been given. Mary went with them to Jerusalem to see the church began and thousands responded. And a revolution of spiritual form was 
sent around the world. And legend has it that Mary was sent to France and that she spread the message there. But wherever she went, she took Jesus with us. And most likely by the time this book of John was written, years later, Mary had already departed this life and returned and was fully redeemed to Christ. Imagine her sharing in heaven her badges of honor of all the ways that Jesus saved her, how she was set free to enjoy the close relationship with Christ. Recalling the days on this earth as she witnessed to many people when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to me first. He called me by name, Maria. And he changed my life. And now I'm fully redeemed. Today, let's consider the freedom that God is offering to each one of us. Let's consider the close relationship that he wants to have and the way that he wants us to witness to these two things to the world. Right now, we're going to have some time of worship to give our hearts to God, and then we'll be back to take communion together.
Jesus' fire inside of me. Here I am a dead man walking, no grave gonna hold God's people. All the weight of all our evil, lifted away forever free. Who could believe, who could believe? Forgiven, forgiven. You love me even when I don't
welcome back. I hope you had an amazing time to sing out and worship to the Lord. Now, as we take our time of communion, I want to remind you that Jesus is meeting each of us where we are. He knows what we've been through in our lives. He knows our hopes and our dreams and our fears. He knows where we're at in our faith. He knows if we're close to him or far away. And yet today he is trying to reach out and touch each one of us. It doesn't matter where we think we should be, where others want us to be, but he knows exactly where we are. And as we turn around today that he is here and he is near. Some questions to consider why you take communion today and this week coming up. What has Jesus freed you from that can become your badge of honor? To consider this freedom that you can share with others and it can produce a gratitude and a love for Christ in your own life. Do you recognize Jesus in your life? And would he recognize you as a close friend? He wants to be connected to us in a close and special way to build memories. How can we pursue a closer relationship with Jesus? How can you pursue a closer relationship with him today and going forward? And how is God calling you to witness to others? What has he put on your heart? How is he leading you? How can he use us? Let's be used by God as we go forward to be his ambassadors, his messengers, and his witnesses. Jesus, the night he was betrayed, sat with his disciples, even though they didn't know that he was going to pay the ransom for their sins. They didn't know that in a few hours he was going to pave the way for them to be redeemed. As they ate, he broke the bread and cast it among them and said, Take and eat, and remember this. Remember my body broken for you as the days go forward. And as the meal continued, he took the fruit of the vine and passed it around and said, Drink of it, each of you. Remember the blood that was shed for you. Remember the price that was paid to bring you back, to destroy death and bring you back to a close relationship with God. As we take communion today, I pray that we can say with Mary, I am redeemed. Pray with me before we take communion. God, we thank you for these gifts that you've given us. Thank you for the bread that represents your body. And thank you for the fruit of the vine that represents your blood. I pray that today we can feel you drawing us to yourself that we can let go of our sins and demons, that we can be grateful for the way back that you provided. We can be grateful for the relationship that you have with each of us. God, draw us near to you. Help us to never lose that love for you. And I pray that you use us on the few days that we have on this earth to be witnesses for you. Thank you for Jesus, and today we remember his sacrifice. And most importantly, we remember his resurrection and pray that we can join him someday with you in heaven.
Good morning again. Uh, it is my great uh, pleasure to share a few thoughts on contribution today. I know in our society we have lots of opportunities to give to different charities and stuff. Um, maybe at the grocery store, sometimes they want you to round up the next dollar and give your change to a certain deserving charity. Um, it's the American Cancer Society or Heart Association or maybe St. Jude's. Um, you're probably more likely to give if it's had an effect on your life. If you've either battled with one of these things or you've had friends or family that have battled with these things, that you're more likely to uh, maybe reach into your pocket or, or say, yeah, go ahead, round up to the next dollar and, and give that way. Um, I'm going to guess and go out on a big limb here and say that if you're watching this today, that you've probably had God reach you or somebody in your family or a friend and really have an effect on your life. Um, and if that is so, it makes sense that you would want to give to help support what God's trying to do in our church. Actually, His church. I have a quick uh, verse I want to share with you guys. It's in Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 10. And it reads, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. Um, just some thoughts. Uh, let's pray for our contribution. Heavenly Father God, uh, good morning. Lord, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for the way that you have provided for us, God. I pray that we would uh, really be mindful of uh, just supporting the church and, and the efforts that it makes to spread your word and to build your kingdom, God. Uh, please be with the, the offering. Uh, bless it. Uh, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, it's Bess with the media team just wanting to thank you for joining us for our online Easter Sunday service. We hope it was a good experience, but it's not over yet. Go ahead and join us for some online fellowship by clicking on the Zoom link in the description. Also, we'd love for you to head over to our Facebook page and post a photo of yourself or your family during your Easter Day activities. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and follow us on Facebook and Instagram for weekly updates. Lastly, we'd like to be here for you outside of social media. If you're interested in studying the Bible and you're new, just go ahead and message us or contact us at DesertCitiesChurch.com. We'd love to study with you. Have a blessed day.